In a not-so-stable world, it is crucial to amplify the right message. At the Stream Grace Network, our goal is to do just that. We are adding to our stable of podcasters every month, and we are growing. This is where you come in. We want to share in that growth. If you are a small business owner looking to grow your business, we'd love it if you'd consider allowing one of our podcasters to endorse you, your products, or services. The best part is that endorsement will never stop running in any episode it is a part of, ever. This is a unique and rare benefit in digital advertising. We want everything we do to be uplifting and to encourage positive growth. And we'd love to partner with you. For more information, visit us online at StreamGrace.com or email us at support at StreamGrace.com. God bless. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hi, kids. Welcome in to another edition of Scatter Shooting. I'm Randy Renner. And I'm Jeremy Griffin. This, of course, is the show where we like to talk about anything. And everything, actually. Worldly and not always of this world. (sighs) Yes, 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 yes. And uh, there are strange things going on out in outer space and strange things going on down in inner space, too, if you believe uh, certain things that you see. And... uh, and then they're just right here on the surface. There are strange things going on. Because just before we started the show, I listened to about 20 minutes of a Joe Biden press conference and, oh, yikes. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he signed a bunch more uh, executive orders uh, today. What's your favorite so far? <laughs> it's like Christmas. It's like 12 days of Christmas every day. It's like, ooh, what's he going to sign today? Yeah, except that we're up to about, uh, I think, 27, 28, mm-hmm. uh, something, like, something like that. Well, you know, we're spoiled kids. He, yeah. gives, he gives us all sorts of executive orders. Yeah, yeah. And what, I, what I really wish uh, would be that he signs a, an executive order telling Congress to get back to work. Oh, and yeah. And see if they can't uh, accomplish something. Because they're, and you know, here's the thing that bothers me about this whole Trump impeachment thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this one that we're in the middle of now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's clearly a bunch of political BS. Not that the first one wasn't either, but now you're impeaching a guy who's not president anymore. Right, right. right. He's just, you know. A guy. A guy. Yeah. Uh, and the Democrats have already said, we're not convicting him. You know, they, they're, are, are the Republicans. Republicans. Yeah. The Republicans have said in the Senate, we're, we're not doing that. I mean, a handful of them will apparently have said, it's all uh, that we'll need, right? Or no, no, how, no, no. They, many, they've got to have 17 Republicans because okay. this has, would it's have to be, be a super, super majority. majority. That's right. And uh, there are five who oh, said, <laughs> yeah, there are five who've said there are at least uh, leaning uh, toward uh, a voting to convict. And of course, one of them is Mitt Romney and right. Lisa Murkowski of uh, Alaska. And um, 
it's really Susan Collins of Maine. The whole thing is so cut and dry, and that's what that's what frustrates me. Everybody, so Congress is going to go. The, here's what's different: what kind of evidence are you going to produce, right? Because because the only well, evidence ever cited was stuff that the whole public knows. Well, the well, and that that's the big thing. There, far as I know, as far as actual real evidence, yeah, I don't know if they have any. No, they I, have I mean, his you know, words during during the. Uh, uh, during the action in the house, you know, it was uh, it was all of well, we all saw what happened. We all right. we were all here. But I mean, as far Did as they see Trump come in with a shirt off and a and a ammo belt across his chest. No. Oh no, I missed that too. And so, uh, uh, you know, and, and you have to generally in the real world, you have to have actual evidence, documentation, witnesses, all like that. They didn't have any of that in, in the uh, House. And there's a pretty good argument that what they charged him with or the article of in, impeachment doesn't go to the level of inciting insurrection. insurrection. Yeah. Because it has to be really pretty specific language. And funny, there, are, there were actually some... Democrat members of the House during speeches, uh, you know, during over the summer when everything was going down, all of the peaceful protests were uh, happening. Mm. Some of their words were much more, would much more fall into the realm of inciting insurrection or inciting a riot or something like that. People like Maxine Waters Oh yeah, Nancy Pelosi used some of her language, all like this, but but the way the Constitution was written, and I realize a former president has never been impeached, but there was back decades or a hundred years ago a former, I believe, a former cabinet secretary who was impeached. Mm after he had left office but the whole point of impeachment of a president is to what remove him from office well he's already yeah. out of office and to me again <clears throat> if if this is another indication of how far gone joe biden is because if i'm the new president of the united states if i'm joe biden i don't want the senate and Congress all cranked up in an impeachment trial about my predecessor who is no longer in office. Yeah. I'm trying to get things done in my first hundred days. I want Congress to act on this stuff. I don't want to have to sign executive orders because four years from now, those orders can be overturned and wiped away until the next president comes in. With actual congressional action, mm-hmm. it becomes much more difficult to reverse that sort of thing. I want Congress acting on my stuff. I don't want to be talking about the guy who used to be in office. That yeah. does me no good. Well, if you think that the guy who used to be in office will be running again in four years, then this this is and which is absolutely the only reason this is happening. Oh, right, no, right, no absolutely. question about no question about that. And so what what you're really doing is you're you're literally trying to to make a case for a, an incredibly weak case on insurrection i mean when i say weak like he he never said go storm the capitol and no, he, he said, never said anything that was insurrection there was 
the interpretation by the people who wanted to hear what they wanted to hear and see what they wanted to see because it's like the whole debate thing when he said Proud Boys stand down and stand by or something like that. I mean, they, they made such a huge thing over that. Like he's he's coding them and preparing them. I'm like, dude, no, he's just talking. And he's like, stand down, stand by. You know, anyway, it doesn't really matter. The We, we spend all this time interpreting the intent of what this person said. And there's nothing to interpret from what Trump said the day on the, um, or I guess the mall or wherever he was. Yeah. And so, you know, I look at that and, and again, the, the people prosecuting here, the people who are voting for impeachment, uh, simply are voting to, to keep him from running again, because the well, other stuff doesn't matter. The travel budget, the pension, none of those things matter. And the, uh, you know, what, one of, one of probably the best indicators, of just how Mickey Mouse, all due respect to Walt Disney, uh, this thing is, uh, in the rare events when you've actually had an impeachment situation, who presides over that? The the Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court. Right. Well, John Roberts has said, you know what? Count me out on this. Mm. And so the guy who's going to be the guy who's going to be presiding over the impeachment trial in the Senate is longtime Democrat Senator Patrick Leahy. Mm. And uh, he had the gall uh, to say, oh, uh, you know, I'll be impartial. (laughs) Really? Come on. Leahy will be impartial. And so... You know, it's a Democrat senator who's going to be presiding over the impeachment trial, not the chief justice of the Supreme Court. Hmm. He apparently didn't want any part of it. Wow. And so the whole thing is, and 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 now that 45 Republicans have, 45 out of 50 have said, you're not getting a yes vote out of us. Right. Then this is not happening. Right. I mean, there's not going to be a conviction. So all of this that's going to happen, you know, what is going to happen over the next several days, isn't going to accomplish anything except make people mad. Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney, a few others, they're retiring in two years. You think? I mean, they're forcibly being retired. Well, Mitch just got reelected. Oh yeah, he did. So he? he's going to be around. He'll be in around. Well, he may not live long around. enough. Uh, six, yes. Yeah. So, but some of the others. Uh, well, that's some the, of the thing. All of this is may not be around. This is the weird part. Again, you know, I have to go back and say this, and I've talked about it before on our conspiracy podcasts. But when you look at this from just the general public, the idea of electing an official, any government official, is to safeguard our country. That's that's the whole thing. It's to make sure that everybody's guaranteed the rights that the Constitution has guaranteed us. It's to make sure that um, we're protected from foreign and domestic enemies, like all of these things. All of what's happening here has nothing to do with that. You're, you're not looking at Trump's policies and going, well, he's making us unsafe. You didn't look at Trump, even the Republican policies, and say, well, they're making us unsafe. They're weakening our situations or whatever here. So all of this is is all about culture and social justice, and social justice is non-defined at all. It's it's completely subjective, and so when you look at all of that, we have spiraled down into this absolute just bog of really 
tyranny in these small pockets. It's like, I don't care what I, who I represent, literally. I don't care who I represent. I'm going to do what I want to do. And we're just watching this. I mean, even if you just took Joe Biden's policies versus Trump's policies, I mean, yeah, I disagree with a lot of them, of, of, of Biden's. But it's not like it's going to, you know, cause the country to fall rat well actually some of them will cause it to well but, some of but you, them yeah but, but yeah. you know what i'm saying like the whole thing is like this is this is not about policy anymore this is about control and when you when it's when it's all about control you can't have enough power because if you think about this if, if everyone that is struggling for this control on this certain side of the aisle once they get it then what the problem with power is it's an insatiable appetite towards more of it you can never be satisfied so as soon as you get power, you're going to right. want more power. And that comes in the form of wars, world domination, whatever it takes. And so no matter how you slice it, these people don't want peace. They want power and control. And when they make the United States of America completely subservient to, subservient to them, they'll move on to the next place. Yeah. And we'll never have the aliens come down and talk to us because we're not going to qualify for the Federation of Planets. uh, We certainly may not. And uh, because, you know, if I were them, I'd just be like, you know, you people aren't worth our efforts. And uh, we're going to go to somewhere else and see what we can do. You know what happened? See, in the 40s, we we dropped. uh, No, it was the 40s. Yeah. That was was, uh, World War II. WW2, the big one. Right. So we dropped the bomb. and Twice. Right. And we got the attention and we had yeah, Roswell we happening and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's so like, oh, these people are blah, blah, blah. And so they come down and they check us out. And and then we do this big space race thing. And we see, you know, not, not so much a world united, but people united in these big, large groups. And they're pulling together to do amazing things. I mean, my goodness, the United States of America from 1920 <clears throat> to 2020 has done amazing things advancements and and accomplish so many things and so you know the little green men are checking that out going hey this is pretty cool and then all of a sudden like wait a minute what do you guys do like what just happened here i'll tell you what happened screens screens are what happened the one thing that screens screens gene roddenberry did not talk about this in his utopia but the unmitigated complete and total face focus onto a screen has rewired uh, the human brain you know, and here's made it how, more hostile here's how old school i am <clears throat> when you first said screens you're thinking about screen doors weren't you yeah i was thinking well you know i was pretty happy to have them because they kept flies and mm-hmm. some mosquitoes out but okay (laughs) could open the door without the flies flying in right (laughs) well you're at you you know really i mean you are you are exactly right and look at what has happened with big tech and we're all going around with our eyes on the screen a little screen on your phone a bigger screen on your computer or your ipad or on your television Roll and and you know I have gotten as bad as about anybody probably mm-hmm. you know because my new phone you know it tells me every uh, week 
uh, you've increased your screen time by 12% this week or 20% or, you know, whatever it is. Because since my phone is brand new and my iPad is rather uh, old until I get a new one here in the next couple of months, I tend to, you know, watch things on Netflix and with various other, uh, you know, Amazon, whatever, whatever's out there. And I'm watching more of them on my phone mm-hmm. now because some of them I can't get on my iPad anymore because I, I don't have room on the iPad to download the app or whatever. <laughs> right. And uh, so, yeah, so that's why my, my screen time increases on my phone because I'm watching it more than I ever did certainly with the previous phone I had because it, you know, only had 16 gigs of memory and this baby in front of me has 128. Right. Was still about a 115 that's not being used. (laughs) So here's a study from the National Institute of Health that it started in 2018. It indicates that children who spent more than two hours a day on screen time activities scored lower on language and thinking tests. Uh Uh-huh. And some children with more than seven hours a day of screen time experienced thinning of the brain's cortex, the area of the brain related to critical thinking thinking and reasoning. What is our deficit in today's world? Critical thinking and reasoning. We have we are killing ourselves. So I, here's something I've recently well, done. And, and not to mention your physical fitness as oh, well gosh you yeah. know when we were kids or, or you know when oh, when man. i was a kid you know we were outside all the time right because we didn't have you know we, we didn't have all the you know the phones and computers and things like right. that we didn't even have hardly anything on television you know where i grew up we only had three channels something that parents need to understand my my 10 year old and this is i am guilty as anybody like i'm i'm doing this research for myself this is why i even knew any of this but my 10 year old has i've had more trouble with him than my older two boys and you know every kid's different but the trouble that i've had with him is not i'm not going to blame him for it because he's a smart kid, but he spent a lot of time on screens. This is 10 years ago. I didn't know that these were major problems, right? Well, he recently has gone through a cold turkey of screens, and he hasn't been allowed to watch television, watch, uh, play with, he had nothing, no screen whatsoever. He's allowed to read and play with toys. And think about this, Randy. That's him being grounded. Do you remember when you were grounded? Could you play with toys? Could you go outside and do things? No. (laughs) Right. You literally couldn't do anything. Right. Well, Couldn't watch television. Couldn't uh, play with the toys unless I was sneaking, uh, you know, something. (laughs) Right. Comic book under the covers or something. Right. Certainly couldn't go outside and play. Right. No. So so for him, when when he gets grounded, his literal question is, what am I going to do? And I thought, well, I don't even know why we have Christmas or birthdays because all the stuff you get, what do you do with that? You know, you get, get gets tons of toys. So basically I said, hey, go grab some Legos. He had an unopened, really cool Lego thing. I love Legos, by the way. He had a really cool deal, like a space shuttle, um, multi-piece, like 250-piece thing. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, go build this. So here's what I'm, I, I guess what I'm going to say is this, and the reason why I'm even mentioning this is for a lot of parents, what happens is they are as addicted not just to the screens themselves, but they're as addicted to not having to take care of the kid right. as the kid is to the screens. Right. And so it's hard at first 
But I want to say that because that first few days, ain't, no, it wasn't working. But you know what? We're about a week, week and a half in. His demeanor is shocking. It is radically better. And he's not even asking to watch TV anymore. He's not really? asking to look, the, grab the phone or play a game. What is he doing? He comes home and he does something that in, stimulates his mind. He reads a book. He grabs a toy and plays with it. He plays with the dogs. He's doing things now. And and his, like I said, his demeanor is unbelievable. Well, that's something that, you know, when I was growing up, that's <clears throat> we were pretty much forced to do that because these other distractions didn't exist. Right. But I used to read all kinds of books. My favorites were, you know, mystery stories, private eye, you know, Nancy that Drew kind of type stuff. Well, or Hardy Boys. Uh, and yeah, that, same right. <laughs> you know, that's that sort of thing. Robert B. Parker, as I grew older, I loved, I've read all the Robert B. Parker, Spencer hmm. novels, Mike Hammer novels, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff. And various other things. I was very big, as I still am, very big into history. I read a lot of, of books on history. And uh, one of my... Uh, one of my favorite books of all time. It's um, uh, The Killer Angels. Hmm. It's about Gettysburg. And it is, they made uh, the movie Gettysburg that was done about 20 years ago uh, that starred Jeff Daniels. Mm -hmm. It was one of the first major productions that uh, he was involved in. Tom Berenger was also in it. Berenger, I think, played... Um, uh, General Confederate General James Longstreet, and I think uh, let's see who was. Um, I just keep thinking of Glory when you talk about this. Well, there, <laughs> which was also but, cool. But. Right, right. Uh, but it was it was great, and the book uh, was a you know one of those uh, they call them uh, historical novels, right? Which it is based on history the facts mm -hmm. appears what happened but the author uh you know took some liberties there because you've got conversations between um you know the uh confederate generals and the union generals you know talking to their men and stuff like that and some of it there are some letters that talk about hey i you know that that they were writing home that are in the you can have access to, so you have some of that. But a lot of it is stuff that, you know, it's kind of made up, you know, as to what General Lee maybe, if he was going to have a conversation with General Longstreet about certain things, this is probably how it went, you know, right. that sort of thing. But it is fascinating. Hmm. And it is a book. I mean, it was one, it's one of those things where, you know, when you're really into it, I mean, you can get through it in about a day or two. Wow. Because it is a great read. And uh, so I really enjoyed all of that. And, of course, you know, you're playing, you're going outside, you're using your imagination. Mm -hmm. You know, we were kids in those days, uh, you know, a lot of them were into, you know, World War II things, you know, mm -hmm. because there were a lot of shows on television, 12 o'clock high and a combat, you know, things like that. So we'd get on our bikes and we would ride. <laughs> this is, you know, we would get on our bikes <laughs> and we would ride in formation. Right. As if we were flying B-17s on a bombing run. Wow. 
<laughs> and we would, uh, you know, we'd get into battles with our toy guns and things like that. And, and in my neighborhood, we had the first house on the north side of the street, but there were other houses about to be constructed. So there were some fields that were, you know, they were kind of getting the, uh, getting rid of the, we call it Johnson grass mm. and, uh, the, the fields, they were getting rid of the grass and getting the dirt situated. So it became really great because there were a lot, there'd be a lot of dirt clods and piles of dirt. So you would take a dirt clod and you would pretend it was like a hand grenade or right. something <laughs> and you chunk it at, you know, at your buddy who could get behind a, right. you know, a pile of dirt, but the, cool thing about the dirt clod that we pretended was a grenade because when it hit yeah it exploded right kind of sort of yeah broke you know? up and, yes yeah. yes i do that today but it's called paintball well yeah <laughs> right i mean that yeah. right Same yeah thing, that though. yes that's exactly what we were doing except in those days although my parents one year got me an m16 Mm. Of course, you can't use that if you're if you're going to play World War II. So <laughs> right. you got to be Vietnam or something. But you pull the trigger, and it had actual sound oh, wow. of gunfire. <laughs> and uh, before that, you know, we were just going bang, 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 or bah, 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 you know that yeah. kind of thing. But you know, nowadays, if if kids were to do something like that, they hell half of them would probably trouble. be arrested right. or get in trouble. Absolutely, yeah. And it was just a routine stuff that we did. And, of course, you know, there was a lot of, you know, either backyard or front yard, football, baseball, sure. basketball in the driveway. All I remember BB gun fights, man. When I was a kid, <coughs> we'd get all our BB guns out and shoot each other. We didn't think about losing an eye. But, you know, what was funny, you know, I was thinking about this. I mentioned paintball. and It I, was all funny until you did lose exactly. an eye. Exactly. Let me just tell you. When I, you know, we never did. So that was good. Um, you know what's even funnier about that? I remember getting shot in the cheek kind of where ralphie got shot when he when with he, a bb gun yes um for those of you who know the christmas story when ralphie got shot yeah yeah um so uh we never even thought wow that almost hit my eye <laughs> just like ow that hurt but anyway um so it's not really going to support my point on critical thinking however <laughs> when uh this is something i've noticed that's kind of interesting because you know i travel all over the country for paintball events and uh um, they're very strategic paintball events. Well, one of the things I noticed is um, the type of people that are out there are very, very critical thinkers. Um, they're a well, there's a lot of uh, strategy involved. Oh, my in goodness. That. There's a lot and a ton of if you're going to get anything done, you're going to have to do it as a team. You can't. There is no Rambo garbage out there. I mean, there's a couple guys that will go do it and they just get shot and go back and respawn. But. But basically, if you're going to accomplish something, you got to do it as a team. You got to think on your feet. You got to make quick decisions. And all of those things, you know, the people that are out there are a lot of them are business owners. A lot of them are IT professionals. Sure, yeah. they're, they're people who have to think past, you know, two and three levels deep. But it's interesting because there's just not a lot of younger people playing because that's just not their thing. You know, yeah. they're, they're playing those games online and, uh, you know, you look around and you just think the symptoms are everywhere in our country of of this uh, inability to produce anymore. You know, um, we used to be a country of innovation and we're just not anymore. There's a there's a handful of people who are, but it's a select few. And, you know, you remember 
like back in the eighties, there were movies and there were a lot of movies would feature somebody who was an inventor. Like that was something you would see. My dad's an inventor and he's always trying to peddle some new invention. He came up with some tinkered tinkering that he's done in the garage. That doesn't even make sense today. I don't remember the last time that's been a storyline, but in so many movies in the eighties and the seventies that, you know, my dad was a traveling salesman trying to sell his, his widget and, you know, when you lose innovation, uh, and that's just that your society is just in the downward spiral. And the only way to get that back, we've got to do something. Well, again, I say I'm hopeless on this, but if you're going to get it back, the way to get it back is you've got to turn the dang screens off and start living life again. Right. Because necessity is the mother of all invention. And if you don't need anything, you won't invent anything. <laughs> That is uh, that is absolutely correct, and you know that's when I you know you remember when when I remember being a kid and my buddies in the neighborhood, uh, we would we would do that all the time. We would invent because you know we wanted to play a certain kind of you know, and and you would be like okay. So how can we do this? What do we need? We need something like this and something mm-hmm. like that. And so, you know, you created it mm-hmm. or you, you at least tried to, you know, and, and the thing about, you know, the, you know, when you're riding your bike, but you want to sound, but you know, especially in some of those days, you wanted it to sound like a motorcycle. Oh yeah. So what did you do? Well, it's either a 52 card deck or it was a baseball card of some sort, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So you could uh, affix it so that it would flap when the spokes went around, that mm-hmm. it would make a sound that, you know, when you're seven years old, it could easily be interpreted as right. a motorcycle. Right. And so, but you had to think about, okay, how could we do this? What, what would be the best way that mom or dad would only give us maybe one SWAT, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to a whole bunch. Oh yeah. And so, you know, you're thinking that. And so you, you know, you go lift a couple of cards right. out of the deck or you get, you get something like that. So you're constantly thinking about, okay, how can we do this? Well, you know, now right. you're just picking up your right. phone and you're looking, you don't really have to think at all. In no. fact, one of the reasons you're watching something on your phone is so you don't have to think. Right. You're just watching it. it down. You're shutting it down. Yeah. Well, and you stop thinking about the funny thing is as kids, we didn't think too much about the consequences because we were so focused on the goal. No, and that's why we got in trouble so exactly. much. We didn't really think and about we, the And the other thing we didn't think about is <laughs> is you know, you like we talk about the deck of cards. So we grab a deck of cards. What's in a deck of cards? Well, you've got the fifty two that you use. Then you have jokers that you can use. And then you often have instructions, you know, and best hands, you know. So there's usually four cards in there that just don't matter. But we always grab the ace of spades or something that ruined the entire deck. Right. right? So you didn't process that. We just said, this will work and went on with life. I remember me and my buddy, we were, had to have been under 10, 10, 11 years old. And we wanted to make this catapult. And... So, well, we did all sorts of crazy things. We milked a rattlesnake um, at the age of nine. He and I went. We heard a rattlesnake while riding our bikes. And 
it was a it was a small one. I mean, it was maybe a foot long. Had you ever seen that done at a snake show or something? No. Like that? Here's what's funny: we had a life science book. It was in the summer, and we both ha- were in the same science class together, and we had this life science uh, textbook. And we both had talked about. We remembered seeing it, and he just took a okay. a mason jar, stretched right. you know cellophane over it. Right. So we're riding our bikes in this big field, and we hear this rattle, and so. We don't think about what could happen, right? We just like, oh, there's a rattlesnake. Now he was he was braver than I was. I wasn't gonna touch it, but he reaches down. I think I grabbed it with the sticks and held it down. He grabbed it behind the head and we rode our bikes back with him holding it. We didn't have anything to put it in. We rode our bikes back to the house, him holding this rattlesnake from behind the head. We get to his house, I build the the contraption out of a jar and some uh rubber bands and cellophane. And then here we are uh, trying to get this snake to bite down. And sure enough, it does. And we get all the venom. And, and we thought, well, that's cool. I don't remember what we did with the venom. I think we just eventually you know, threw it away because what do you do? But we did that. And then we were trying to build a catapult one day. And we didn't, you know, thinking about the consequences and the risk, right? This is the point of this. So we, uh, our ammunition in the catapult is like uh, little pieces of gravel, like pea gravel, and then also the bigger sure. regular uh-huh. gravel rocks. And, uh, so we get out, you know, I think it was probably a cinder block and a two by four and nothing real fancy. And we just stomp really hard on this two by four. Yeah. And our goal, keep in mind, we didn't think about the consequences, but our thing was, wouldn't it be cool if we could hit a car as it came by? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And this is in in a neighborhood, right? We didn't think what would happen if we hit the car, you know, we didn't, you know, it's like. Kids don't think about the idea of opening a car door into another car and that that matters at all. Like, they don't think about that. They just do it. And so, same kind of thing. So, we missed a bunch (laughs) and never considered what would happen. Well, finally, this car comes down and we hit that thing square on the roof. And the driver, you know, kind of freaks out, as anybody would, You because you're not getting hit direct. You know, you hear it over your head. And he didn't notice what we were doing. We were yeah, in, I was going to say, he's probably driving down the street, not even paying right. attention to you guys. So we're he up didn't in know a, what's yeah, happened to We're him. up yeah. by the garage door of the driveway. And so we're launching these things way up in the air. And we see a car coming and we're timing it. And we did our practice runs. And anyway, but my point is, is that my my kid, my 10-year-old would never even think about, something think like that. about yeah. doing that. And it's... You know, it's frustrating to me as a parent for not noticing that and not realizing that. So I'm trying to catch up a little bit. And it's not to say that that our you know these generations aren't smart in different ways, but man, it's it's that core development. I mean, if you never learn to walk, but you manage to learn how to fly, would that be good? You know what I mean? Like you still want to know how to walk. You should, yes. Yeah. And and I think that's the kind of the problem is that we've taught kids how to reformat computers, how to write code, um, but they don't they don't know how to throw a ball. Yeah, because they don't all, all that often. I mean, we used to when I was growing up, we did that all the time. I mean, even even kids who weren't particularly sports oriented all that much, it was just something you did. Yeah, back then, you know, you threw the football around, you threw a baseball around, you played a little basketball you know i had a basketball go to my driveway most every house on our oh, block yeah. that had kids 
you know, they got a basketball goal and you, you know, you'd be like, Hey, come down to my house. We'll shoot some hoops or come down to my whatever. Right. And you're doing that. And then the one time and I may have told this, I probably did tell you this before that one of the big, you, you talk about doing things and not thinking about the consequences just cause you know, it's fun and you're your kid and whatever. My brother and I, we use, and this just happened to be my brother and I were involved in this incident, but I mean, all of the kids in our neighborhood would do this on occasion because it was a relatively new neighborhood. So it was still kind of wild in some right. respects, especially when it came to red ants. Uh Oh, and uh, we used to, cause we all had uh, like magnifying glasses, you know, Oh yeah. from a science class or My whatever we had to get to or whatever. <laughs> and so, you know, we soon discovered that if, if you got that magnifying glass just right, you could burn those red ants. Oh yeah. And so, you know, sweet vengeance, baby. Yes. Because, you know, <laughs> usually we've all been stung by them at, at some point. And so we're like, well, here we go. <laughs> So we're doing that and we had a, you know, every now and then you'd have a red ant bed in your front yard and that was really no problem because, you know, the grass, you know, you kept it watered and it wasn't really, you never had any problem. Well, <clears throat> right across the street from where our house was, was an open field. And then, and then it was the, uh, the new uh, high school, mm. but you know, and we're in the middle of the summer and because it's an open field, you know, nobody's out there watering it. Nobody really is taking care of it. It's August in Oklahoma. Yeesh. And so, you know, it's dry and it was kind of windy that day. Well, we, you know, we're, the, and, but there was a massive red ant bed over there. And so we're like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, this was a day we decided to launch a major attack. Right. <laughs> so we went over there. My brother and I both had was it approved by Congress. Glasses. No, it was not okay. approved by anybody. And so we started uh, doing that. And at some point we caught some grass on fire. Wow. And of course, you know, you know, we're over there trying to stomp it, right. stomp it out and that kind of thing. Well, of course that doesn't work. And then the house is right across the street and I go running over there. But of course the hose is not quite, not quite long enough to get to. (laughs) And so uh, the volunteer fire chief lived just down the street (laughs) and we ended up having to call the volunteer fire department to put out the grass fire that we started with a magnifying glass with a magnifying glass, burning red ants. Yeah not having the slightest idea that we could right. start a grass patch and really we were lucky that you know there weren't any houses that burned down oh yeah and so but <laughs> yeah that's something needless to say we we didn't burn a whole lot of red ants after that no man i remember right behind my house uh when i lived in moore um is this big creek um concrete wall creek and it went through the neighborhood and rolled through. If anybody who's listening is familiar with like Janeway and 12th Street, it's all in that area. And uh, I remember it was a big, big Oklahoma thunderstorm, kind of mid-afternoon. And so we had this massive torrential downpour. And then the uh, ensuing sun comes out, you know, right after one of those days. And you look out in the back, and there are people in tubes just floating this creek. <laughs> and it's like, man, th- that just doesn't happen anymore. 
The, these kind of things just don't well, happen. And as far as that goes, that's probably a good thing. I know it is. A lot of people died doing that. <laughs> right. I mean, they really did. That, that is one of the most dangerous things you can do right. in one of those concrete drainage ditches basically your drainage canals it used to be an actual real creek right because there's some of those sections that are underground you know you're right. going through a pipe and you're underground and when you've had a major storm like that more than likely that pipe is full, full. right and so there's nothing well, left to breathe they were water, yeah and they, that doesn't they would know. go underneath those the the uh underpasses or overpasses however you want to say it um, and there'd just be a couple inches uh, to the top of that thing. And so they're pushing underwater and head up. <laughs> You're just like, you know, from my vantage point, that looks great. And then my mom, you know, having gone to those terrible twisters and hadn't taken me there, says, well, you're not going to do that. Yeah, you're not going to do that. So I had to settle. Which probably made you want to do it even more. Oh, totally. But yeah. I, I settled for the the rain in the street and splashing around in the puddles, yeah. you know. Yeah, we had uh, in Warwicka. We had these bar dishes. We did not have any concrete mm. ones. You know, they were just fairly natural. Uh, and, we, you know, you'd always get out there and goof around in that because, I mean, you know, especially if you had a summertime thunderstorm, I mean, it's 80 degrees and then all of a sudden it's 70 or 65 and you've got a natural thing where you can go splash around in and cool oh, yeah. off and stuff like that. It was great. But everybody had their driveways and you had a little uh tin horn or tin horn yeah. uh, under the driveway and so when you had a big storm you would get the water ru- rushing in there and so you always and you could feel the you know the current pretty good and mm-hmm. and you know your parents would always say now don't get you know right. don't be doing that or don't be getting real clip and you know there were a couple times where you know kids almost did get too close to it because mm-hmm. you know it's kids you know you're going to push the envelope and you know you could easily get sucked into that thing and probably get killed because you know it's not big enough to mm-hmm. where you can just go right through it and you're out of danger in right. five seconds you're probably going to get stuck right and then yeah that sucks how many times did you almost die before the age of 15 uh i think only once maybe yeah i probably almost died more times since uh, then since then (laughs) yeah because there was uh, a couple of car wrecks one where i got hit coming back to oklahoma city from lawton late one night and i think it was a semi that hit me from behind oh gosh and spun me off into the ditch and the whole back end of my car basically was crushed guy Mm. must have been going 80 90 miles an hour Mm. and then there was a time where i fell asleep coming back from dallas and got off into was on coming back on i-35 i got off into the median and fortunately it had rained Mm. and so instead of you know hitting that and rolling the car and slid around i slid but then came back across the interstate Mm. And just fortunately did not hit anything and nobody uh, hit me. Yeah. And I wound up being able to, uh, you know, no damage to the car or me. Yeah. And, you know, move on. But that could have easily been 
Oh, yeah. You know, something uh, really bad. And then there was a, you know, a couple times where we almost got killed by tornadoes out in well, the yeah. Texas Panhandle. That doesn't count. <laughs> so I've almost, yeah, it's been, yeah, there were there. Yeah. Well, I, I say that because I, I can think of two or three times when I was under the age of 10, 15, I don't know, somewhere in there, but young, where I definitely almost died, like within inches, you know, a couple different times. And, and they were all doing things outside playing just being somewhat unsafe you know how many times my three boys have come close to dying that i'm aware of under the age of 15 zero zero times because well now you know that i'm aware of the um the game uh uh, video game controllers could have exploded right. really at any time. Well, that's that's so, true. I mean, you know, the, but they're made with safety plastic. Yeah, but still, they could still <laughs> explode. But I the, mean, your I the, the phone could explode. I know. I mean, there's all kinds of things. But that's the whole point. You know, it's like we we've we've tried to make our lives. Uh, you know, everything's about safety. I mean, golly, how many different government mandates are there to make sure we're safe? Safety has the. That needs to be a personal priority, not a governmental priority. And um, allowing me to live my life and live dangerously if I want is my right as a human being, not just an American, but as a human. And I think, you know, we've we've just created a whole generation of pansies. Well, my... I think I said that before on one of our... Uh, you know, one of the times that I have been the most scared as an adult was my uh, daughter's 18th birthday <laughs> for a bunch of reasons. I a can imagine. bunch of reasons, but the main reason was for her 18th birthday, she was going to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. Oh, wow. Go skydiving up at Cushing. Yeah. And I was like, you know, and I was like, why do you want it? You know? And she was like, Oh, you know, of course the typical answer, Oh, several of my friends have done it and they say it's great and it's very safe and all like this. And I'm just, you know, and, <laughs> but I was not going to say, and neither was her mother. Uh, no, yeah. you can't do number one. I mean, it's her 18th birthday. We could tell her no all the way, but I mean, you know, she's an adult now. And, well, we weren't going to do that. But, and the bottom line is basically it is very safe. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, those guys up at Cushing do a great job with that. They're very professional and, but things go wrong. You hear sure. about it all the time. And I was thinking, I am going to be there and I'm going to watch this. Mm. And I would never be able to live with myself mm-hmm. if something bad happened. Well, but so I was basically, I put on a really good front mm-hmm. and I was laughing and joking and all like that. But inside, dude, mm. I was just like, please, God, please, God, please, God, please, God. I will do whatever you want. I know I shouldn't have done that several years, but I will do, I, please, please, please. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> and of course she jumps out of it and she had a great time. I've got some nice videos and pictures and and then there her instructor that she went up there with, you know, they're shooting pictures and videos and all like this. And she had a wonderful mm. time and came down and had a big smile on her face. And she was so excited. And so I was just like, thank you, God. Thank you. Right. Thank you. God, thank you. 
<clears throat> and uh, and it was great. But I have never been so mm. literally. I've never been so scared in all my life. Wow! From when she jumped out of that airplane. You know, I I have no desire to ever jump out of an airplane. Well, I, don't, I don't either. I, I mean, unless I'm in it and. You know, both engines fail, and right. I've got I a mean, parachute on. If I ever but, did, it would be a matter of survival. But here's the funny thing. If I did jump out of an airplane and something went wrong with the parachute, I can tell you I would do my level best to aim for the hardest surface I could find and end that sucker fast. Right. Because <laughs> right. yes. I would not want to try to survive that. That just sounds there the had, worst. And there, amazingly, there have been people yeah. who have survived you know that sort of thing yeah with obviously multiple injuries oh yeah but I, it, you know oof. it has happened but no yeah yeah it and it so just, uh and i think probably everybody's that way you know if your kids are going to do something that seems like it would be fun and safe and all like that but you also you know in your mind as a parent you're thinking all kinds of things can go wrong right and that that's just you know, I mean, that's just the way most parents yeah. are. We were we went to the top of uh, uh, what's uh, Pikes Peak in Colorado, mm-hmm. and uh, we were our older boys. We didn't have the young one yet. The older boys were pretty young, six and seven maybe. And uh, so we're at the top. You know, they've got the oxygen bar up there because it's way up. I'm what twelve thousand feet or something like that. And uh, what surprised me is we're just kind of looking around, and my oldest just takes off running for the edge. And yeah, oh my God. yeah. And, and in my mind, I'm like, well, I mean, they're going to, they're not going to make it where someone can just fall right off. And it's like, no, no, you can totally fall right off. Uh, <laughs> and so I go yeah. and I grab him before he goes over this edge. And I guess he almost died there. We could say that one, but, but that's the whole thing is funny because I, I grab him and he was pretty responsive too, to my voice. So it wasn't like he, I, you know, it was a diving catch or anything like that, but we walked over there together slowly so he could see the edge. And I'm looking at this thing going, wow, yeah. I mean, if he went over that thing, I don't know what they would do. And he right. would have probably died yeah, or got very seriously injured. Right. And it's just, it's weird, man. It's just a weird thing. But, you know, that's that's the whole, to me, that's the joy of of life, that, that the thrill of that. It's not that you got to have near-death experiences, but the simple fact that... You know, it's that it, it, the uh, pioneer spirit, I guess, you know. Well, and sometimes people, maybe kids, are, you know, as they're growing up in a in a home environment, they're so thinking that, well, nothing bad is going to happen to me here. Yeah. Or, you know, you go to Six Flags or you go to Disneyland or Disney World or whatever, and, you know, there are certain things that can happen. But, I mean, you know, it's all designed to be somewhat dangerous, yet basically very safe mm-hmm. and so you get kind of that illusion in your head and then you go to someplace that's truly wild right that is not you know you don't have the guardrails the fences the cushions like the, the serengeti in whatever africa. <laughs> right the serengeti in africa pike's peak the grand mm-hmm. canyon things like that and uh, and really bad things can happen if you don't, or even if you do take precautions. Right. You know, like my my son is a, and his now fiance, they're both very outdoorsy, and they love to go to Colorado and camp, and and not camp in a cabin, but I mean, you know, in a tent mm. with a hammock strung between trees, and you know that and sort bears. of thing, and 
bears and mountain lions and, you know, whatever else. And um, they have never had a problem. And I've usually never, you know, really worried about it. Now, my daughter just drove to South Padre Island down the interstate. And I, again, was very right. concerned for <laughs> her safety. Not that she would do anything, but, you know, it's just like, you know, and I don't know. I mean, you know, you've got kids and I've oh, yeah. got kids and you just, you just worry about them. Uh, and sometimes you worry about, and I guess both my kids are very, you know, they don't take stupid chances. They don't do stupid things and they don't do, you know, but I always, and this is, I'm just old school. I always generally, depending upon what they're doing, worry more about my daughter than I do my son. Mm. And that's just probably. That's, that seems normal to me. Yeah, that's what I, I, I would suppose, do. Yeah. I mean, it's like I told, I've got three boys, right? So I told my boys they're out of the house at 18 and, and the older two. I've probably told the 10-year-old that. But uh, what I, <laughs> what they would always, you know, they'd get mad at me or something. And I said, look, if you were my daughter, you could live here until you're married. I don't care. You're not. So there you go. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I just know that's probably real. And yeah. but you know the thing is, I'm you know I want to teach my boys resilience and self reliance and those kind of things. And but man, it's it's weird. Like you, I don't know. I don't know. It, you being a parent just uh, if you're not, you just can't get it. You know. Sometimes that's you ha- right. That's exactly right. Because I couldn't before I became one. I couldn't really relate to some of my friends who right. had kids and stuff like you know and. And now it's just, and, you know, it's different as things, you know, progress, you know, because, you know, when they're little, you know, you got to be, uh, or, you know, you're just all the time, you know, you're, uh, you know, hovering, hovering. Right. right. Yeah. Now, I mean, they're both, you know, they're both coming up on birthdays. My son will be 25. My daughter will be 21 and yeah, he's 21. But anyway, <laughs> my son's about to be 22, but oldest. they're, they're very responsible and and that sort of thing and so but still you know you're always gonna you're you're all yes you're always gonna be worried about them mm. i don't care what they're doing you know if they're just going to work or hanging out right. at home you gotta be worried about them mm-hmm. but if they're gonna if they're taking a big trip or whatever you're just you're just like jeez, oh, you know well that was the weird thing for me my middle son you know he went into the air force at at uh what 18 18 and so, you know, he, he's not yet 21 yet. He'll be 21 in, a, in about a month and yeah, a little less than a month. And he lives in Maryland and he, you know, works in a top secret agency with top secret agencies. And all he can tell me is he did a lot of paperwork today or, well, that's all he does tell me. Let's just put it that way. You look yeah, at, the, you know, it's a good it, cover. It, yeah, exactly. Well, I told him a long time ago, he's a linguist, right? So I told him. I figured out that anybody who's going to do anything top secret, they're just going to make them a linguist. One, it's useful. Two, they can always just tell people they're a linguist, even if they're in Bosnia with a <clears throat> rifle taking out some dude in a black op. I'm yeah. no, I'm a linguist. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and he's like, right. well, that does make a lot of sense, Dad. And that's all he said. <laughs> But, you know, it's like I'm thinking, man, he's 20 right now. He's 20 years old and he's doing that. And I'm thinking, I mean, not taking out people in Bosnia that I'm aware of. I was going to say that you know about. Yeah. 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 But 
you, you know, you, at some point you just you just kind of have to let him go. And and it's weird because for me, with him especially, you know, my oldest son has stayed in the area and we do stuff together. We work in um, in ministry together and other things. But my middle son just disappeared one day. He got a quick ship into the Air Force after his test. And so I think we had two weeks notice and he was gone. And I didn't see him again for three or four months. And then I only got to see him for a few days on base. And then he went to California and I didn't see him for about nine months or something. You know, just things like that. You're like, well, I don't think I was really prepared for that. Right. Hmm. Right. And my, you know, my kids are, uh, you know, my son is in the oil business, uh, which is probably not a good business to be in now. (laughs) But, you know, he's talked about, uh, you know, he's working for a company here in town. His girlfriend, soon to be wife, is also working for a, a company here in town. And, um, you know, hopefully they will continue to work for companies here in town. But they both talked about, you know, maybe moving to Denver, mm. maybe down to Houston, you know, that sort of thing, depending. Denver for them may be a little more likely because there are obviously jobs up there, but mm-hmm. it's also they go to Colorado a lot because right. they're very, like I said, they're very outdoorsy. They go up there, especially in the summertime, to camp and hike, and they're both into mountain biking and all that kind of stuff. Not a whole lot of mountain biking in Houston. No. Uh, and, uh, so that's probably, you know, more likely. And, uh, my daughter hopefully will, although she, my daughter's actually talked about moving to Hawaii. Well, yeah, she's, and she's 20. Yeah. About <laughs> to be 21. Of course she talked about moving. to. Hawaii. And, but I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's a great place to visit, but I mean, you got to think about living. You know how much gas costs in Hawaii? Oh, it's ridiculous. You know, and uh, and she would be no. You know, <laughs> it's like four dollars and fifty cents a gallon. Right? What? You know, and so I mean, yeah, it's gorgeous, but I mean, you know, you pay for that, right? And and it's you know, a volcano, and it's a vol- right. Just be it's a it's a big volcano. It's a big volcano. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, and plus, you know, I said, if you move to Denver, you know, you're going to be that much closer to the Yellowstone volcano. That's right. And uh, the super know, volcano. The super volcano. The take out America volcano. That would take out, yes. Most of Basically. And so, I, you know, but you just live with it. I usually just have another drink and go on down the road. Yeah. And that relaxes me when they're traveling. Yeah. So, hey. It's the way to live life, my man. It's the way to live life. This is kind of a fun one today. Yes. Yeah. We, mellow. Yeah. We got started with politics and then we went drifting all over the place. Reminiscing of the old days. Reminiscing. And raising yes. kids. Reminiscing, which, uh, you know, that's actually a really good song. Reminiscing. Reminiscing. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. That'll do it for uh, this edition of scatter shooting he is jeremy griffin i am randy renner you are whoever you are out there (laughs) listening if you still are at any rate and if you still are join us again next week for another thrilling edition of scatter shooting